0: Welcome to Story and Rain Talks, the Story and Rain Magazine podcast. I'm Tamara Rappa, founder, editor in chief, and your host. Join me here as we dive deep and go behind the scenes with creatives from all fields, exploring the origins for game changing ideas and careers, and so much more. It's our expert curation of conversations with those who are pushing culture forward, and we're inviting you to get inside the story. I talked to the designer who, 18 years ago, established and nailed an aesthetic that's since soared in popularity. Exploding onto the scene with her leaf design made popular by Jennifer Aniston's character in the film The Breakup, Jennifer Meyer has since created countless collectible pieces that define the day-to-day when it comes to modern, iconic, fine jewelry. Jen tells a story behind the leaf, how exactly she nabbed a much-coveted spot at Barneys New York, and making a gift for Albert Elbaz. We discuss how her father helped instill her strong work ethic from the day she stepped foot off of Syracuse's campus and how one $500 a week PR job turned into a major stint at a magazine and roles at Armani and Ralph Lauren. Jen shares her brand's most game-changing moments, why slow and steady wins the race, and how staying in one's lane can create success. She shares how she blindly chased the design ideas she had in her heart and soul. And she shares her philosophies for living life and building a brand with heart and soul. We get into the symbolism that's core to the Jennifer Meyer collection and to Jen personally, and her necklace that truly makes magic. There's the Jennifer Meyer secret sauce as she describes it. You'll hear Jen share her vision for being one with one's jewelry. Also on the podcast, we dive into the waters of Malibu to discuss her newly released fragrance collection, where even scent tells a story. We get an intimate peek at her Vogue fashion fun times and her relationship with mentor Diane von Furstenberg. We also talk connecting with her multi-generational customer and how the people she surrounds herself with inspire her. Jen gives great advice for entrepreneurs and shares life lessons, words to live by, And why success means being at peace. Jen's got a fantastic of six list of favorite things, including the key pieces she turns to in her own collection. Our conversations with creatives continue. As Story and Rain talks, I love this conversation, to Jennifer Meyer. I'm so happy to talk to you. I've been a fan for a long time of your work. Thank you. You have truly nailed a certain aesthetic. How do you describe? The look and the feel of your jewelry, good question.
1: You know, I think when I started out, I just wanted to really design jewelry that you wore every day all day, that you never took off. that I always said that, like, women, especially, were busy, and we're trying to get out of the house in the morning and do our thing. And it's hard enough to sort of, like, Get dressed and put that outfit on that you feel good about and that you feel good in and have, you know, throw on some makeup and get your shit together. And I always felt like jewelry should just be a part of you that. You just want to wear it and wear it all day, every day, whether you're running out of the house at seven 30 in the morning, or you're going to something fancy at night or just staying home, whatever the case may be. I mean, look, I'm wearing, I'm wearing sweats today, you know, but I've got,
0: but it's all pulled together.
1: I've got some diamonds on, which just makes me, you know, feel. So I think it's for, you know, the, the not fussy woman who's also classy, who likes, little bit of style and sparkle and you know
0: mm-hmm. and so many people try to do it I talk to jewelry designers on this podcast and you know the jewelry industry is an industry where people copy 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 oh I know <laughs> you know but but you originated in a certain style of jewelry and you' have take it to a whole other level
1: thank you
0: it's not just a wishbone it's it's a very special wishbone and the craftsmanship all of it. What were the early influences on this aesthetic of yours on your aesthetic would you say
1: Well I mean listen when I started early on there was no Instagram there was no I mean I don't want to age myself but it's true so I was I wasn't I wasn't looking at what other people w- were doing I wasn't stressed out about well this person did this and this person did that it was sort of all in my head and my heart and this idea that I had, my first idea was this leaf. And I had this sort of idea in my head of what I wanted the leaf to look like. And I also, from from that starting point, which was the leaf, I always was sort of creating jewelry that more or less had a meaning.
0: I was going to ask you all about how symbolism is so important to you. Where did the origins for like the, this concept of symbolism in a piece of jewelry where do you think that planted its seed, its roots?
1: I don't know. I'm To be honest, like I've always like sort of believed in energy and good energy. And, you know, when you have good vibes and put good vibes out there, the universe wants to return that, you know. And I thought that the leaf was sort of my idea of a new beginning, turning over a new leaf, new energy. And I always really believe that all of us every day Are going through something new, whether it's you know a new job, a new relationship, a new emotion, a new friendship, a new experience, like whatever it is, you just gotta sort of be willing to turn over a new leaf and like really create new beginnings in your life. And they don't have to be big beginnings, but little new beginnings. Whether it's starting to work out, starting to eat healthy, drink more water—I don't know. So I had this idea for turning over a new leaf and new beginnings. So that's where the leaf originated from and then like you said like the symbolism sort of what what went after the leaf was the wishbone and who doesn't want good luck or to make a wish or to feel like you've got that energy on you i remember like when my mom would make you know thanksgiving turkey and my sister and i would just be so excited for that wishbone to dry out so we could crack it and who gets the wish and i always just had that idea that just like we all want good feelings, you know, good energy.
0: To wear some positive thought, keep those positive thoughts close to you. I hadn't really thought about turning over a new leaf quite like that before. We're always turning over new leaves. Okay. That's life in a nutshell. Yep. Um, I want to talk pre the Jennifer Meyer brand. You went to Syracuse University. I did. Why college on the East Coast for you?
1: I was born and raised in LA and I think in my heart of hearts, I always knew I was going to be an LA girl, California girl forever. I just love it here. And you know, I had never experienced the snow really. I had never lived anywhere else. So I was like, I got to go, I got to go to the East coast. And I really wanted to go to NYU. And my dad was like, if you think I'm letting you apply and go to NYU, like you will not go to school. There is not a chance. You will like Moved to New York and that will be that. And he was probably right. So Syracuse was in my head, the closest I was going to get to NYU. Although it was like really far. It's like a four hour drive, you know? I had a
0: lot of friends that went to school in upstate New York. It couldn't get far to travel out. And he
1: sort of duped me. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. New York, that's fine. Like I was like, okay, you know? Um, but yes, I went East Coast. I love the East Coast vibe. I love that feeling. I love being in the snow. Syracuse was a little cold for this California girl, but I had a good time. Probably too much fun.
0: Like me, I w- really wanted to go to Los Angeles for college. Great. Probably the same thing. Probably somehow knowing that I would always end up in, back home in New York City. Yeah. I'm assuming at Syracuse you studied communications,
1: maybe? That- I didn't. I studied child and family psychology.
0: Wow. Yeah. So what job were you hoping to land after college?
1: Luckily, when I went to college, they didn't put that stress on you, you know? Yeah, I studied English and French and Russian. Yeah, exactly. There there wasn't that feeling of like, this is going to be this. If I do this major, then I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get this job. I didn't feel that pressure. And I love the idea of child and family psychology. I thought it was like really interesting. I'm kind of like a a psychologist at heart, you know, like I love working through problems with people and really hearing people's like issues and thoughts and, you know, everything from heartbreak to like why the greatest thing in your life is happening. And like, I love the psychology of that my whole life. So um, I went to school for that. And I think in the back of my head, I kind of always knew I wanted to be in fashion some sort of way. Um, and so when I graduated, I didn't have a job, and I kind of my dad was sort of like, I mean, I remember the conversation very clearly, but it was like two weeks after sort of graduation because that's a whole other story. But um, it was two weeks after what where they thought I had graduated. and my, it was two weeks after my dad called me. He's like, so what's your plan? And I said, uh, well, I don't know. I'm going to take a little time off and figure it out. He said, time off from what? I was like school. He said, time off from school. How are you going to support yourself? I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe you could help me. And he's like, here's the deal. You have two more weeks to find a job.
0: Wow.
1: And that'll give you a month vacation. I don't care what your job is. I don't care if you are working at Starbucks because God bless those Starbucks workers. We need good coffee, but I don't care if you are working at Starbucks or I don't care if you find your dream job. In two weeks, you will have a job. Otherwise, you will not see one dime from me. Not nothing. Not if you, if you want to go to dinner with your friends, they have to pay for you. You want to go to the movies, they have to pay for you. You want to, you know, go get a drink. They have to pay for you and they'll be fine with it for a little bit. And then they're going to get very sick and tired of it.
0: Interesting.
1: He's like, so if you want me to help support you in any way, shape or form, you better go get a, go get a job.
0: Having a job is where you need to be. You need to get, throw yourself into the workforce and do it now. Yeah.
1: No matter what. Yeah. No matter what you need to be bringing home a paycheck. I'm not ta- I'm not asking you how much the paycheck is going to be. You're, right. You're out of college. It's going to be low. You know what I mean? But get to work. And I freaked out and I called a girlfriend of mine. And I said, I I need a job. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, do you know of anything? blah. blah, blah. And she said, I'm actually going to it was like the Toronto Film Festival. She was like a PR person. She's like, I'll be there for 10 days and I could use an assistant. I'll give you $500 in cash for the 10 days. I didn't tally up how much that would be because that's not that much money, right? No, for all that work, all the week long. But it was like, okay, I've got an extra 10 days to find a job. Right. And like a foot in the
0: door and Kate and who knows what could happen when I'm there. Right.
1: No, no. I was like, I got 10 days to find a job. And she, I was like, I can't afford whatever. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, you can stay in my, you can stay in my hotel with me and I'll pay for food. I'm like done. Great deal. I get there. It was not easy work. I'm not going to lie. Oh,
0: so not. It's so not easy work.
1: We were pounding the pavement. You were
0: really working. Yeah.
1: We were really working. And it's like, and it's literally like 17 hour days. You yeah. know, you're just going nonstop. And I hear her on the phone with Bonnie Fuller, who was the editor in chief of Glamour magazine at the time. I know. Right. So I'm 21.
0: I worked at Cosmo during that time.
1: Okay, great. So
0: I was a fashion editor at Cosmo at that time. There you go. Yeah.
1: So I hear her on the phone with Bonnie Fuller saying, oh, interesting, interesting. And the West Coast beauty fitness editor was quitting at the time.
0: West Coast beauty, beauty and fitness editor. Okay.
1: That's what it was at the time, right?
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And she said, okay, I'm going to help you find someone on the West coast to fulfill that thing. I was like, me, me, me. And she was like, what? No, not you. You're like basically like quiet. Like you don't know what you're talking about. You're not going to like your first job's not going to be the beauty fitness editor of glamor magazine. Right. But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like West coast. I'm like, I got this. I got this. And I'm like literally bugging her while she's on the phone. Come on, just say my name. Just say my name. And then she says to Bonnie Fuller, she goes, I mean, I have this great girl. She's just out of college. Her name's Jen Meyer. She lived, she's lived in LA her whole life. She might be worth meeting. The next day she called and said, can Jen get to New York tomorrow? I'll meet her.
0: I did not know this about your story.
1: Yes. So. Okay. I called my dad. I was like, I have an interview in New York. He's like, Oh, yeah, you just want to go to New York and hang out with your friends. And what I was like, No, no, this is legit. I promise. I was like, I just need help getting to New York. He's like, I will help you with your ticket to New York and your return is the next day.
0: I love him. I love him. I love this.
1: There is no like going to party in New York and hang out, like get your ass home, right? I was like, Deal. I go to New York. I go to this interview. I sat with Bonnie Fuller. I was like, Listen, I don't have a resume. I don't have anything, but I am telling you, like, if you want someone who knows what they're talking about in Los Angeles, da, da 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 I was like, I'm your girl. I am around. I am out there. I know what's cool. I know what's good with beauty. I know what's good with fitness. I had no idea what I was talking about. I get home, and it was like another week, but like I had like bought myself the week. I somehow saved like the five hundred dollars, by the way. I literally like did not spend it. Right. And I got home and I bought myself another week and Bonnie called me and was like, you get the job. And that was the beginning of my career.
0: Did I know this and forget this or did I not know this?
1: Maybe you didn't know it. I don't really talk about it.
0: I was in that circle of editorial and I don't know. I I feel like I would have remembered that. Um, So how long did that last for? I think
1: I was probably with Glamour for almost two years, I would say. And then I went and did fashion PR for Giorgio Armani. And by the way, I was on the West Coast working out of my like little apartment. And they didn't even give me like, they didn't even like let me go into the office. They were like, no, we don't have an office for you. Like, you're just going to call it in.
0: Interesting. That's a, a common is what I mean. Transition to go from being an editor to working in fashion P- and beauty PR. You made your way over to Armani at the time. Yeah. And who is in the in PR?
1: Wanda McDaniel. I think she's actually still there. Um, but she sort of, you know, she offered me this job, which was, you know, uh, it's very glamorous working for Glamour Magazine, but you make you know, no money, no money, no money whatsoever.
0: Especially like in this satellite situation.
1: I I was making zero. I mean, you know, a a little tiny sliver of money, but you know, you, you don't make any money. Yeah. I was just trying to think how much money I was making. Um, very little. And then I got offered this job at Giorgio Armani, which was like at the time a much bigger job and more money and you went to milan for the fashion shows and it was sort of pre um stylists in the way that they are now you know if there was a stylist they would come in with the celebrity and you would dress them together or there was a time where just like the celebrities would come in on their own and you would be dressing them for the oscars and all these things and it was amazing and you know i was going all over the world with them to Paris, to Milan. It was such a cool, beautiful, massive experience for me. And I love being part of the fashion world. And then from there I went and did, um, I got to run the fashion PR office for Ralph Lauren, which was super cool. Very cool. Um, and I worked for Rebecca McCabe there. Oh, I know Rebecca, of
0: course. Yeah.
1: And then, at the time when I was with Ralph Lauren is when I started to kind of do my jewelry.
0: Before we move on to that, I'm wondering what you loved and what you did not love about fashion PR in those two jobs. And I know Armani Italian fashion is far different from the ethos at like a Ralph Lauren. But when you look back now, it's so far in the past for you. Do you remember what you sort of like loved the most about that and what you didn't like? about those jobs?
1: I mean, I think that Giorgio Armani was like hardcore. You kind of were working like seven days a week at that time and you were, you know, working your ass off. And that was, it was like, at times it was like, oh, wow, this is a lot. And you were traveling a lot. And so, but I was young and I was into it. And I was just like, I'm a part of fashion and these beautiful dresses. And aside from like working all the time, which wasn't so bad actually, because I kind of feel like I've just always done that in my life. I really loved it. Like I loved being a part of this world and like seeing these fashion shows and how these things happen. I just thought it was so cool. And I got to spend time with Mr. Armani and he was amazing. And, and then, you know, you go on to Ralph Lauren and it's like, I got to work, you know, hands on with, with, you know, Ralph and with David Lauren and they were so incredible. And Rebecca was an amazing boss. I really loved all of it, you know, but I think that, secretly i always knew i wanted to do my own thing um but that fashion world at that age for me was super cool you know i had no insecurities i was just like ready to go and have a good time and party with everyone all night and get up at 7 a.m. and get to the fashion show and bring people coffee and make sure they had the right shoe with the right dress totally whatever. yeah whatever
0: So you're at Ralph Lauren and you start making jewelry for as on the side for yourself or ha, what, what, happens there? Immersing yourself in this world of fashion probably sparked this idea of like, I'm a creator. I'm an artist yeah. on some levels.
1: I don't know. I never felt that way to be honest. And I still, sometimes I'm like, wait, <laughs> am I a designer? Am I an artist? Like I still question myself, <laughs> but, um, Uh, no, I mean, I think I always had this like secret passion to want to design jewelry. And so I was trying it. And I actually told Rebecca who I worked for, like, I kind of want to start designing some jewelry. And she was like, and at the time I told my dad and he was like, good luck. He's like, don't leave your job. Don't ask me for help. You're on your own. I'm like, uh, what? And I had said to Rebecca even, like, I kind of want to design some jewelry. She's like, great, still do your job, but do your thing on the side. Like I always like say, like, it's so good to be open and honest and transparent because then like it all flows, right? When you're trying to like secretly do something here, secretly totally. something there, then like it's gonna fail, is my opinion.
0: When when I was an editor at Cosmo, um, I had a clothing line on the side. It was me and a friend. Um, we teamed up with this artist it was pretty miraculous and amazing that my boss let me do that. Like she knew I was doing this and she let me and I can't believe I did this whole other thing while I was at that job.
1: So, yeah. Right. But I think that you're, you know, a boss there, it's like, first of all, one would have nothing to do with the other, right? One would not mess with the other thing. They're not, compared at all right like right so i think that's number one and number two like i don't know we were both good enough that they didn't want to get rid of us <laughs> right like that's kind of what it is Or we
0: could handle both
1: whatever it is what was the first
0: piece that you made while at ralph lauren the leaf it was the leaf
1: it was the leaf yeah
0: What an amazing first piece to have made. I want to talk a little bit about your grandmother. Your grandmother was an artist, right?
1: Yeah, she's amazing. And
0: you have some first memories about making some jewelry with her. Can you tell us a little bit about her?
1: She was just the greatest, you know, escaped Nazi Germany and always had the greatest attitude, happy, full of love, didn't hate anybody, just like the greatest energy of anyone I've ever met. And she used to do a lot of enamel work. So she had a tiny little kiln in her tiny little kitchen and we would sit there together and she would, you know, show me how to do all the enamel. And do you want to make a ring today? Do you want to make a necklace? And it was so great. And I just think I got all that, you know, the ability to design from her.
0: How did you then go on to develop your skills?
1: I think I'm still developing my skills 17 years later. Um, I really taught myself literally from the ground up in everything. Like I said, like I didn't go to school for business. I didn't go to school for design. I had no clue. I just had these ideas in my head of like what I wanted to do. And that was it. So I just, I taught myself. If it's a jeweler on the on the on the door, I was knocking on the door. I have this idea for a leaf. I didn't know what a mold was. I didn't know that there was a price of gold. I didn't know about diamonds. I had no clue what I was doing. So I had a very little bit of money that I saved up for myself, and I sort of was like, I'm going to just see how to spend this and how to do this and create these pieces. And um, one day, Jen Aniston's team was out Ralph Lauren pulling clothes or The Breakup, a movie that she did. And I asked the team, as I'm giving clothes for Ralph Lauren, oh, I'm curious what you think of these few jewelry pieces I designed. Not for Jen. So I was like, oh, I'm curious what you guys think of these pieces, just for their opinion. And they were like, oh, we want to show Jen for The Breakup. I I knew Jen barely, but like we were not close yet or anything. And now she's She's my sister, but at the time... and
0: wears the jewelry so beautifully, I mean.
1: Yeah, she just, listen, she wears everything beautifully, so I'm just lucky that my jewelry makes it on that skin every...
0: That leaf was a standout in that film. I mean, I, as somebody who had always worked in fashion, was very interested in pop culture was a stylist, lived in New York and L.A. at that point. I remember that that leaf really stood out in that film. It's like, what is she wearing around her neck?
1: It honestly, there's a whole story behind all of it, but it became leaf mania.
0: Can you get into some of that story?
1: I think they had called me. They said, we want to get three of the leaves, three of the leaf necklaces, three of the leaf earrings, did a cigar band I had done
0: hearing was really good too.
1: Yeah. And I was like, you need to send it all back because those are my samples. They were like, what kind of amateur are we dealing with here? Like what? And I basically like whipped it up quick, sent it out again. Like you had to wait for us weekly to come out and hope that there was a paparazzi shot of somebody to see if they were wearing something or not. I don't know. There wasn't, you know, you didn't see it that day on Instagram. So, um, I sent it all. I didn't know if she was going to wear it or not. Something came out in us weekly. I was like I swear to god that's the leaf. Simultaneously before that movie had come out, all I cared about was being at Barney's. That was the only place I wanted my jewelry. I didn't care about anything else.
0: That's right. That was the place for
1: everything. To the
0: coolest. The coolest and really great for jewelry.
1: I had no contact at Barney's whatsoever. I asked everyone I know
0: Hard to get into Barney's, right?
1: Yeah. Do you know anyone of Barney's? Do you know anyone of Barney's? Everyone's like, no, of my sales girl. No, no, no. I'm like, ask a, a random friend of mine at a random time. Great girl, Jackie Getty. And she goes, Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I'm friends with this girl, Julie Gilhart. She's coming into town next week. And I was like, great. And she goes, she works in New York at Barney's now. Thank God. Jackie didn't say, Oh, Julie runs Barney. I know. I didn't know that at the yeah. time. I didn't. Yeah. There's no Google to Google her. you like
0: the the last word on buying.
1: Exactly. I go to meet her. I put all my jewelry in Ziploc baggies. I thought this was a genius idea, so nothing tangled. It, I looked like I literally looked like I had been like making jewelry in my backyard, and <laughs> I showed her the jewelry. That night, she called me and said, "Oh." Um, I want to give your wishbone to Alberto Boss for his birthday tonight. I barely knew who he was at the time. And I remember I was like, put it in one of those like, like little tiny, like, you know, the $1, like Chinese print pouches, the little like. silk one. Yes. The little red. I loved, I was like, this is all I got. I put it in there. I handed it to her with an invoice. Cause so I was like, oh, I'm going to look so professional if I like hand her an invoice. Like I couldn't have been like, this one's on me. I. Anyway, I still am horrified at that time. A week or two later, Julie called and was like, we'd love to like put in a little buy and like see how it does. I was like, oh my God. So my jewelry went into Barney's. The breakup came out. It was the perfect storm. We could not, I mean, you're selling hundreds and hundreds of leaves at this point and the other things. Wow. And then at that moment it was like, okay, well, Either I'm going to know, either I can design or not, because you're not just going to sustain a business on one piece.
0: Right. We we have something here. We have a su- success here. What else can we do to, to grow this, to, to, to really do this?
1: Exactly. And that's Barney's like, what else you got? Let's keep going. We want to do our buy. We want to do this. And I think at that moment, I realized like I wanted to be very classic. I didn't want to be seasonal. I didn't want to be like, okay, we've got spring, summer you know, come, 2018 coming out, we've got winter, 2016, whatever it was. Like, I was just like, I want to keep designing pieces that you keep in your collection for a lifetime, that you can keep buying, that you want to buy for yourself, that you want to buy as gifts, that you want to buy for your daughter, that just keeps growing and you're going to always want them and keep layering. And that was sort of, you know, a lot of stuff in between all that.
0: If we think about it, Layering is like a little bit newer of a style. Now it's really about layering. So with a brand like yours, it's the perfect go-to brand for layering. Your your brand was made for the way that people really want to wear jewelry now.
1: That was always my goal. There's so many pieces I like and I just want to keep them on and make them look fun and easy and part of me.
0: So who is your customer from that first Leaf customer, has anything changed about your customer?
1: Well, I mean, my customer just keeps growing up with me, which is so great. And then they have kids and then they become the customer. And it's like all these, it's, it's, I still have customers from the very beginning. You know, I still have people running up to me being like, I've been wearing your good luck charm for 12 years. I don't, I can't leave home with if it's not on me or things like that. And I love that so much. I mean, you know, I, I don't design any pieces that I wouldn't want to wear myself. So I'm my customer, you know, I, I love to design for the everyday classic, chic, adorable woman, you know, that just loves her jewelry and makes it a part of her that like, you know, it's sort of like smell to me. You know, you smell someone, you're like, oh, yeah, I know what she smells like. You know what I mean? That feeling. Or like, Absolutely. I always remember my mom in the same watch, in the same gold band, in the same necklace. Right. It's like that, it's like sensory, you know? So it's like, I want those pieces to become a part of you.
0: It's been 18 years since you launched this. You must be so proud of what you've built. Wow, it's a really long time.
1: Um, I love what I do. You know, I really, really, really love what I do. So I'm lucky it's running a business. You know, you're running a business every day and there's a lot of aspects to it.
0: What do you think's been your biggest learning in building a brand as you think back and over the years?
1: I mean, there's so many learning things. I think, I think having a team and really like, being the boss in the sense where it's like not the boss where you're just like do this do that but the boss of like this falls on you like you are responsible for this these people's livelihoods. you're responsible for their paycheck and their rent and all these things and like by the way, happily, I have the greatest team that works so hard and I love them so much, but it's like, I think that that's the biggest learning. There's no option rather than for this to be successful because I have too many people that I want to take care of. And I also love what I do and I love making jewelry and now the lifestyle brand. And I love creating. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, you learn to just, day by day and slow and steady wins the race. You know, you don't need to be a success overnight. You just have to like do the best you can do every day. And like, yeah, keep your, straight.
0: great advice. Great advice. Uh, are there any brands and designers that you admire when you think about brands or designers themselves? I
1: mean, God, there's so many, but you know, I love, uh, I love what Christine has done with Wardrobe. I think it's such a cool brand. I love what my best friends Aaron and Sarah Foster have done with Favorite Daughter. It's like an overnight success, but it's such a great price point and the cutest clothes, you know. I just love all their stuff. Um obviously, you know, there's so many. There's The Row is amazing. All great brands. Fashion brands. I mean, that's more, you know, in the fashion brand world. I love, you know, my kids are ex- uh, obsessed with spider. I don't know, you know, spider, the sweat, the sweatsuit spider. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and wear that because it makes me super cool. You know, when their friends are like, oh, I like your sweatshirt. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> have there been
0: any moments since the one that we just talked about, the big leaf moment that kicked off your brand? Is it any moments that have been game changing for you aside from that one? You
1: know. That was a game changer. And then I think, you know, I had, I had had kids and was doing my company and I was really moving slow at it and just like a little bit here, a little bit there. And then I got a call from Vogue to be part of the CFDA and to do the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund and to apply for it. And that was, I would say at that time, that was a really big pivotal moment for me because I had never been in the New York world with the New York editors and Fashion Week and Vogue and Anna and all of that. And at the time it was Meredith Mellingberg and she was incredible. And she took me under her wing at Vogue and now she owns Laleen. She's such a badass. She took me under her wing and was like, you got this. And, um, you know, you start with like a hundred applicants, and then it goes down to fifty applicants. And then you get into the top ten. and that was such a big moment for me. and then and then, there's three winners, and I became one of the winners. And that really catapulted me into another world. You get a full page in vogue. And all of a sudden, Anna Winter is emailing you and giving you advice. And I became friends with Jenna Lyons. and uh, it was such an amazing moment for me um dvf became my mentor still to this day she's my mentor and you get her, you know you get her for a, you get a mentor for a year and she just stuck with me i would say that was a big that was a pretty big moment
0: we're talking about the new world of instagram and and us weekly the red carpet being photographed and you know more and more and more over these years since you launched what have been some of those big moments for your brand on the red carpet is there something that comes to mind a lot of the time jewelry doesn't get captured by a photo or is hard to see in a picture you know so those moments are precious for a time where you're like wow like this is a really big win for us this looks great on this person
1: you know there's been a lot of great big wins a lot yeah rihanna and the good luck charm which is a big win and taylor swift you know A couple years ago on the cover of Time magazine and our inlay, you know, heart ring. It's just that was the one piece of jewelry on the cover with her. And you've got, you know, countless things with, you know, Reese Witherspoon. There was a moment with Meghan Markle when, you know, I think she wasn't quite as polarizing and she was introducing her baby to the world for the first time. She looked beautiful and had just given birth. And the only necklace she was wearing was our necklace. Yeah. The website got shut down. It was so much traffic, you know? So we've had some great, awesome moments, you know, Carrie Washington at the Oscars. And I don't know. I could just think of so many good ones, America Ferrer and Olivia Wilde.
0: There's a lot.
1: There's just great moments that I just will not ever forget.
0: How do you get your best ideas? How do they tend to come to you at this point?
1: Unfortunately, they're never like when we've like planned our design meetings and I'm sitting there, like can't think of anything, you know, I don't know. It's I'll be wearing a piece of jewelry and I'll be like, wait, this needs to be in turquoise. Wait, how do we do that? Wait, you know, and I think if you look at my jewelry and you look at the collection, everything's sort of goes into each other. Yeah, Everything tells a story and it's like, the story keeps going. So nothing is like, where'd she come up with that? There is, it's a flow.
0: Interesting. How do you choose to stay inspired? Is there a go-to for you in terms of recharging and staying present? Like you said, you love what you do. What keeps the juices flowing?
1: I mean, honestly, that's like, it's probably an answer you don't really want, but like the juices keep flowing when I'm like staying calm and staying happy and not having anxiety and just like free flowing and like really, you know, looking at the world around me and taking it all in, you know, like my kids are so cool and I love seeing what their friends are wearing and my friends are so cool. And I love seeing what they're wearing and like, what they're really working with and vibing with, whether it's, you know, I don't have earrings in right now because I thought I was going to wear headphones, but, you know, like the ear stacks and the layering of the necklaces and the rings and the bracelets. And I don't know, just really, really seeing how things evolve. I try not to go too deep on Instagram and seeing what, who's doing this and who's doing that. It's like you said it in the beginning. There's so many brands and there's so many people doing jewelry right now. Sometimes you can get thrown off, be like, wait, they're doing that. They're doing that. Why am I not doing that? And I'm just like, whoa, 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 hold on. I've had a brand for over 17 years that is still a massively successful brand. It's like, I always say, like, stay in your lane. Like, it is great. Keep designing what, what's authentic to you. And if it feels good to you and new to you and exciting to you, then it's going to be successful. But if you're trying to do something that somebody else is doing, like you don't have the special sauce. Like I can't do something that somebody else is doing. It's not it. I can't do it. I got to do what I know. You know? Yeah. That's where I'm at.
0: you've worked with so many people, you crossed paths with so many interesting and amazing people. Is there anyone who has made a big impact on you in terms of their work ethic or their style and way of doing things?
1: Well, I mean, DVF really did make a huge impact on me. I bet. She really did personally, professionally, you know, she's just like, was always working, always coming up with ideas, always creating. And I just thought like for someone who really doesn't need to do anything, she is just fine. She doesn't stop. And that was always really inspiring and always bringing great people together and, you know, visionaries and people with ideas. And so she was always super, super inspiring to me.
0: We're talking a little bit about social media and as a platform on the jennifer meyer website you've got the jen's current favorites tab for people how popular is that with people and what do you think it is about the customer wanting to be tied to the person behind the brand
1: well i think that the customer you know at least my customer and and i'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast are very savvy and they're trying to connect there's so many options out there so it's like, I think people like to connect to a story and they like to know that there's somebody behind the curtain who actually really gives a shit about the design and the brand and that there's a message and that they really love what they're doing. They're not just like a million people sort of in a factory, like just pumping shit out. You know what I mean? Like, like I think that I love to know, like, wow. It's like the the people that I mentioned, I know that they're sitting there like, In there, you know, they're looking at things. They're like, I don't like how that fits. I don't like that, how that lays on the neck. I don't like how that, you know, diamond is placed. Like, that is me. You know, I'm like, I love this necklace. It doesn't sit in the right way on my collarbone.
0: I was like obsessing over your large hammered heart and how that lays.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm obsessed with how things lay.
0: Lay, yes, proportion. And
1: there is a reason with my jewelry. That you people are like, oh, I have this necklace. Can I make it into a? Can I have this bracelet? Can I lengthen it into a necklace? I'm like, you can't. It's not going to sit the same way. But it's the exact same. I'm like, to you, it's the exact same. Into so it's like the bracelets are the bracelets. They're going to lay on your wrist exactly the way they're supposed to, and they they are not going to go on your neck because they're not made for a necklace. The necklace is going to be the necklace because I am so meticulous. I'm like, if you are buying my jewelry and you are investing in my jewelry and you are passionate about it, I want it to be perfect on you. Yes.
0: You were talking about story and some of your brand story is true. Luxury is effortless. Sophistication is sexy and everything is infinitely infinitely more stylish when it's worn with a smile. So true about luxury and sophistication. Tell me about the smile philosophy for
1: you. I think it goes back to what I'm saying. Like a successful day is a happy day. You know, it's not about like, Oh, how much money did you make on Shopify? Although it's great to make money. Like, you know, we all want to be successful like that. And, you know, when I make money, it just equates to people really loving what I do. So that makes me happy. But I think that life is complicated and life is heavy. And it doesn't matter like what you see from the outside on people, you know, how people look or how much they have or what they seem to have. I think that we're all going through it in our own ways and just trying to remain calm and at peace. And, you know, I used to suffer really badly from panic attacks and I don't get them anymore as frequently, but there was a time in my life that panic attacks ruled my life. I think when you experience certain things or anxiety that people have or depression that people have, my words, panic attacks. And I think that when you find peace and peace of mind and calmness, like those are your successful days. And when you're smiling and when you're happy, like you're going to get that, you're going to like evoke that from other people you know and you don't want to fake it I mean, we all know when somebody's faking it but like a smile just feeling you feel good you look good I mean right. I know it's said over and over but it's true you know
0: I love that I really love it.
1: there was a time where I was my absolute skinniest and everyone was like oh my god you look amazing oh my god you look amazing and I was like I am dying inside like this is the worst time of my like in my life like you know so it was like it didn't matter how skinny i was or how good somebody was saying i looked like i was miserable
0: yeah
1: so i think that really finding like true calmness and peace of mind is the goal i love
0: that i love that Do you think about how people wear your jewelry? I
1: love seeing how people interpret it. You know what I mean? I love seeing that like, sometimes it's five of my necklaces on one on it together. And sometimes it's mixed in with other designers. Sometimes it's, you know, people who wear yellow gold, white gold, rose gold all together. I think that people have such their own unique style. And and every time I see how my jewelry styled, it inspires me in some other way
0: you've moved into fragrance. There's a candle, there's a fragrance, which I love, 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 love. Thank you. Do you plan to build out the category or add anything new in the lifestyle space?
1: I don't know. You know, I just started and I did the perfume, the rollerball, the hand of body cream and the candle. And I think scent is like we talked about. It's just like, I love that feeling. Like when you kind of go into like hug somebody, like, oh my God, you smell so good. Like, I love that. And I wanted to design that scent so people just wanted to hug me and smell me and touch me. And, you know, and people all come up to me and I'm like, oh my God, I love your scent. It smells so good. It was came from growing up in Malibu on the beach and that like sexy beach, delicious summer feel that you could wear, you know, all year round. And um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Right now I'm loving these four products in it and really just sort of building on those.
0: I'm so feeling it and I can see more. And what I love about your candle that everybody should know, um, the candle will be on the, the website of, along with a, a number of other things from Jennifer Meyer. But once the candles burned, it becomes like a little vessel. Yeah. A little lidded dish. Oh, good luck, vessel. I love that. Thank you. Before we get to your list of current obsessions, your six list, what keeps you going? We talked about this. Running a brand is hard. I, I know that like running it running a brand is very hard. What, what keeps you going? What keeps me going? They're difficult moments. What, what keeps you invested and engaged?
1: Um, well, listen, I have a great life and I've got amazing kids and I have amazing friends and I have an amazing team. And I just, I, I love staying busy and I love designing and I love seeing these pieces come to life. And I love my team. And I love, you know, watching people still love what I do and the brand. And, you know, I feel, um, I feel really lucky. And on those like harder days, which we all have days that are brutal, like those days, I just am like, it's all going to get better. You know what I mean? You're just going to figure it all out because that's the only option.
0: And you said it, what comes around goes around. And I think that's probably true for you, right?
1: I do believe that in a big way. I think you really have to treat the people around you, how you want to be treated and really create an atmosphere that people feel good in.
0: Jen, what's on your list as we wrap up? Of current obsessions? What, what are you super into right now?
1: There's a few things. Number one, I don't take my good luck necklace off. That is something okay. that is a staple in my life. I cannot suggest it more. I hear such amazing stories. People wear it. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's so like it's it's like such a powerful piece. So this good luck charm, it's got like every important good luck protection piece in it. That does not come off my neck. Period. The end. I wear it to black tie. I wear it to the beach. I don't care. That is that is number one. Everyone needs one. Okay. Other current obsessions. I mean, yes, my candle is always lit in my house. My roller ball is always in my in my bag because I always like to smell good. I swear. My skin is so soft. I use sea in the moon body scrub. That is like, literally gives me the softest, most moisturized skin. I cannot explain it. Um, If I'm going to splurge, like I'm having a party soon, I'm getting roe caviar. It is like the most delicious caviar and it's like the best gift. It comes in this like amazing box. And so I send it to people. So if I'm splurging, it's roe caviar.
0: Oh, there's nothing better than... Well, caviar a and beautifully packaged
1: caviar. It's so good. It's so good. r o e. It's beyond. Um I love you, beauty. They do the most amazing rich cream. It's incredible.
0: I have the eye cream. I don't have the rich cream.
1: oh, the rich cream is like okay. is yeah. Beyond. And like the most amazing, like lip, it, like a lip moisturizer. Um, I'm obsessed with Barbara Sturm's, a hyaluronic serum. That is so good. I love favorite daughter. I'm obsessed with their cashmere sweaters. Which
0: cashmere sweater do you have?
1: Um, there's a Jamie one okay. who's named after my other very good friend, Jamie Mizrahi. She's a stylist. And so they named, uh, the cashmere sweater after her. It's a phenomenal cashmere sweater, Um uh, Amazing. I just bought one for my mom, for my sister, for myself, for my daughter, for all for Christmas. So they'll be very happy with me. Okay. I said spider. I love spider because my kids are obsessed with it. So I'm always looking for the cutest sweatsuit. And, like, it's a really big deal to get it because it drops on, like, w- for, like, an hour on a Wednesday morning. So my kids are like, did you get on the site? You know? And I'm like, chill. <laughs> but yes. <I> <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. I'm really into, like... Oh, no. Love my New Balance sneakers.
0: Which ones do you have? This is a really good list, Jennifer Meyer.
1: Oh, good. What are they? The 990s? Are those those the ones? What color are they? They're gray. Okay. They look like a dad sneaker. I swear I wear them like every day. They're incredible.
0: Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. It was so good to talk to you.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.